This is Woke Wars, a podcast by the Miami Herald's opinion team, where we look behind Florida's culture wars. This is Woke Wars. I'm Amy Driscoll, recording from the WLRN studios in downtown Miami. I'm joined by Miami Herald opinion team members Nancy Ancrum and Isadora Rangel. Most people in this state have heard Governor Ron DeSantis attacking anything he considers woke. He's used that term, which he considers derogatory, to label all sorts of things that he thinks are bad and should be defeated, from Disney to the New College of Florida. School books, diversity training at companies, socially conscious investing, there's a long list. But not everybody agrees with him about what the term means or even that it's a bad thing at all. A recent poll made that clear. It was a USA Today Ipsos poll, and it found that 56% of the people polled thought the term means to be informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices. Only about 39% thought it involves being overly politically correct and policing others' words. The governor hit the anti-woke theme hard during his inauguration speech. Here's a bit of what he said. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. That, of course, has become his signature line. We've all heard it. But he's far from the only Republican candidate using woke as a political weapon. Here's former South Carolina governor and current Republican candidate for president, Nikki Haley, talking about the woke virus at the Conservative Political Action Conference in March. On Biden and Harris's watch, this woke self-loathing has swept our country. It's in the classroom, the boardroom, and the back rooms of government. We're told our country is flawed, rotten, and full of hate. Joe and Kamala even say that America's racist. Wokeness is a virus more dangerous than any pandemic hands down. I have traveled the world and back, and I've seen what's out there. America isn't perfect, but the principles at the heart of America are perfect. And take it from me, the first minority female governor in history, America is not a racist country. I will get the self-loathing out of our schools. I will get the self-destruction out of our culture. And once we make America proud, we will make America strong. And those are some pretty strong words from Nikki Haley. Um, but Nancy, the term woke started out far differently from the way that's being used now by the GOP, right? Yes, it did. It, the term goes back to the 1920s when Marcus Garvey, who was a Jamaican social activist, urged his um, uh, compatriots to wake up, wake up Ethiopia, wake up Africa. These were, they were being, they were really bowed under the weight of colonialism. In the 1930s, I thought this was really interesting, uh, the term stay woke specifically was used in a song by, uh, by Lead Belly, and it was a warning to blacks to stay awake, 
to be alert to the subterfuge of the enemy. And at that time, it meant the white population. And this was specifically in Alabama, which had just railroaded a group of of uh, nine black men for uh, who were accused of raping um, two white women. And then, you know, it, it, it remained um, kind of underground, part of the lexicon, but not something that was used until about 1914, uh, I'm sorry, 2014, when um, Michael Brown was killed by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. And Black Lives Matter used it as the rallying cry to stay woke, to continue to monitor the institutions that would um, subjugate uh, black Americans. Let's talk for a minute about the USA Today Ipsos poll I mentioned. A lot of people didn't know what woke meant. Um, Isadora, how do you think that that anti-woke theme will play um, as DeSantis uh, potentially runs for president? Yeah. Well, hard to tell, but I think we have talked about this on this, this podcast before that DeSantis has such a knack for framing issues for people, taking things that people are are maybe perhaps mildly upset about and then blowing them out of proportion and turning them to enemies. He did that with, for example, critical race theory, which most people don't know what it actually means. Now he's doing with woke. I think the power of the word woke is it's this vagueness, right? It can mean it means nothing and it means everything. Right now we can attach it to anything that makes us upset about our culture or anything that seems too progressive for our taste, right? So we hear Republicans, for example, in the U.S. House calling the military woke and blaming wokeism on the military not being able to enlist enough young people, although there are other reasons why young people don't want to enlist. And we can talk about that on a different episode here, right? They use, a dissent is used it when, uh, during the fallout of Silicon Valley Bank, when he accused the bank's demise on DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. So I think that is why it's such cleverly used. You know, vagueness lends itself to this word becoming so powerful politically. And if I could just add, vagueness is exactly um, what they intend. If you listen to the clip, he says, and woke woke even um, uh, denigrates merit and accomplishment. And, you know, my response was, wait, what? I thought it was about social justice. But that's the old affirmative action, you know, complaint. And so he's just putting grievance on top of grievance, a different name, different word, but it still resonates. Yeah, we had talked about this before that that, um, this is political correctness in another another term for it. It's it's a a term that is large enough to encompass a lot of different... um, Things and arguments that people have had in the past. Um, so it's not really, as you as you point out, it's a term that's been been with us for a long time. But they're applying it in a way that kind of covers a lot of, of grievances from the past. Um, this is what uh, Florida House Minority Leader Fentrice Driscoll had to say in response to the governor's annual state of the state address in March. We have a governor so obsessed with woke that he is asleep at the wheel, and all of his culture war victories have economic defeats built into them. Books are banned and librarians are terrified. He attacks AP African-American history and DEI. The governor whitewashes our history, rewriting what Floridians know to erase black and brown people. And all the while, our teachers are still among the lowest paid in the nation. He talks about empowering parents 
Yet he stands looking over the shoulder of every parent and doctor in the state, shutting down gender-affirming care and targeting our transgender youth. He is literally trying to force LGBTQ Floridians out of public life and back into the closet. Now, um, we've discussed this a little bit before already, but but DeSantis um, has not necessarily been so um, so forthcoming in his definition of what woke actually means. And that's a problem, I think, um, but it's both a problem for him, but also um, something that's an advantage because it can cover a lot of different things. We did, however, in Florida, find out a little bit more about what he actually thinks uh, woke means um, during a lawsuit when his general counsel, Ryan Newman, said the term referred to the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. And then his communications dire director, Taryn Fenske, said that woke was a slang term for progressive activism. Um, and I think that that second definition is probably the one that's closer to the way we hear it being used in Florida these days. Um, what do you all think about that? Well, going back to the first definition that America has systemic issues with racism and et cetera, I, I think that is a direct challenge to the way that a lot of Republicans see America and see the world, right? They believe America is a country that's founded on universal values of equity, where everybody starts off as, as the same and questioning that is the same as questioning America's greatness. I, I sort of see that point. I don't necessarily agree entirely with it, but I think that this is a, a battle really to define the country at the end of the day. You have people who don't like Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem. You have people who want him to do that because they don't want to whitewash our history and very bad things that have happened in the past that continue to happen today. So I think when when his general counsel said that, I think it was pretty it was actually pretty spot on. Now, obviously, DeSantis doesn't agree with that. Right. I think I think this is an exercise in wanting to have it both ways. You want this to be a country of greatness. This is not a racist country. This is a country where everyone has an opportunity. However, don't bother us with the facts of what I would call and what's traditionally called institutional racism, uh, whether it's in the courts, the justice system, the banking system, redlining and housing. Um, don't don't we want to maintain the mechanisms of racism but not call it that or even acknowledge it I, but i also think that this is an issue that um it gets to that little nugget of discomfort that people have yeah. or the resentment that they might have that's mild um and then it blows it up into this full-fledged grievance that where you have to um act on it and, and, you know, that is a very sound political strategy because angry voters vote. And that's been, um, I mean, that, that's where Donald Trump, you know, came in, anger everybody, make them get out there, make them realize that, that things are not going their way and that, that you know, the government is to blame or, yeah. or a particular culture is to blame. And, and then that makes them angry enough to go to the, to the polling place. We also have to remember that these cultural battles have been happening on the right for a really long time. Think of Rush Limbaugh. Think of uh, right-wing talk radio. That has dominated that particular segment of, of politics for a really long time. I think what the census has done is make it mainstream, right? 
people who are not necessarily your Rush Limbaugh listeners, but they hear something that resonates with them. And I think we have to acknowledge what is that perhaps grain of truth that DeSantis has so cleverly uh, pointed out. You know, I think a lot of people are concerned or upset with uh, identity politics. And that's something that Democrats themselves have acknowledged that identity politics at the end of the day is not very conducive to, to winning elections. But I think, for example, one of the things about what DeSantis calls wokeism is the constant simplification of people as oppressed or people who oppress. I think people want to be seen perhaps as as individuals and with their own lived experiences. You know, we automatically assume why males are oppressors, right? And being a woman, your life must be defined by the patriarchy. And, you know, you can, if you, any minority, they're defined by that status as a minority. And that's why I hear a lot of conservative women saying things like, I don't like feminists, don't call me a feminist. Obviously, those terms have been (laughs) completely misinterpreted. But I think there's a grain of truth. You know, for example, going back to what Nancy said about hard work and merit, Uh, becoming targets of woke culture. There are some activists and writers who say that, for example, claiming that America is a melting pot hurts the mental health of minorities or that terms such as objectivity and hard work work are rooted in, in white culture. Is it? I understand the reasoning for that, but I think sometimes there, are, there is an argument for people to be a little turned off by these things. Sure, and right. nobody wants to feel canceled. I mean, that's that thing that you, you say one wrong word and the world, there's an avalanche that lands on top of you often through social media. Um, and I, I think that we, you know, we, we kind of, we all understand that. Like, that's a, that's a real fear that people have. Like, they don't want to say the wrong thing, and, you know, even if it's inadvertent and then have this, you know, terrible price that they have to pay. And to, uh, and, and it's the left that really needs to acknowledge that particular point. I think that as much as the right has skewed the meaning of uh, woke in order to advance its own uh, uh, agenda, which is really, I think, anti-social justice, the left has become an expert in, in canceling people, in, in, yes, saying one wrong word. Former President Obama himself took off after woke culture He said, and I'm quoting this, he said, this idea of purity and you're never compromised. You're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. (laughs) and, And what he goes on to say is that life and people and issues and opinions are much more nuanced than that. And it's that nuance, and I think he's right, it's that nuance that has gotten lost. There was an article in, uh, I think it was a post, uh, just recently, written by a third-year law student at Stanford, and she was really lamenting the fact that the students in her law school class are either on the far right or the far left, and that there is absolutely no in-between. And she was really alarmed that these, these people are going on to be lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. She said that the, the, the kids on the far left in role-playing and mock trials, none of them wanted to be the prosecutors. They huh. thought prosecutors were evil. Mm-hmm. Like, a <laughs> food for thought there. Well, I think it's, it's um, you know, this is, this is my usual plea for people trying to forgive each other a little bit if they you know, 
if they say the wrong word or make a misstep and also for for dialogue like i feel, i feel like and we, we've had this discussion many times when you actually speak to someone and don't just yell at them or when you um have a chance to have a conversation and discuss why they feel that way you can often understand it better and it makes you more tolerant of their position and maybe it makes them more tolerant of yours that's the coming together of the you know the great middle that we used to you know strive for in this country and now we i think that we've allowed politicians to manipulate us all into these into these you know extreme positions and with this great gulf in between us and that is really um bad for democracy yeah. well you know and politicians like DeSantis, trump they thrive in that environment right I, and I think part of me feels that ship has sailed We in this social media driven political environment that we live in, where it's more about getting clicks and getting noticed in, you know, your, in sound, getting your sound bites out there, right? It's not about context or, or nuance. And so much of that has been lost. But um, I think DeSantis has been able to really get people excited about an issue. He has been able, he, he has awakened, I guess, Using the word awaken is not the right term. <laughs> he has awakened them to something that perhaps they didn't know was an issue. And now right. they are there angry, you know, like his attacks on DI, which is uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. And these sort of trainings that take place both in public settings and also in private uh, companies. You know, I think that has resonated with people. And there's actually research and this was in, in a New York Times column that shows that DI workshops can be very little effective. Uh, and in fact, and actually they might have the opposite effect by making people feel blamed and making them even more steeped into their own biases, you know? And I wonder if that's what's happening to society as a whole. And let's just take a little break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Woke Wars. We're talking about the meaning of the word woke. Um, Isadora, you were talking about um, some of the issues that we face with defining it and and um, and how that's been used, um, especially in Florida. Uh, it also has been used, though, to um, in, it's been inserted into issues of finance lately. Um, the the environmentally and socially social governance um, investing question has become a, a big one now in in the legislature and in Florida and across the country. So it's not just, um, I mean, that, that is a cult, that is a, an intersection of cultural issues and financial issues, but it really has, um, it's going to have some serious impact on us financially if that goes forward as it has in other states. Um, th so this is not just something that's confined to some of the, you know, I, I would say squishier issues. It's actually turning into some, some very serious ways that we run the, you know, the state and perhaps the country. Um, you know, we've also talked about things like, you know, the, the drag queens and the book bans and the, ed and the education is a big one, right? Right. So, that all comes under the umbrella of, of fighting woke. What I find, one of the th many things I find regrettable about how this conversation is being carried out is that very real concerns about social justice um, are being trampled in the fight, in all of the noise. It is allowing too many of us to be distracted. It is dismissing real issues about, I know it's a bad word in this state, but equity and equality. And it means that bringing those issues up 
I mean, you are in, in your workplace, in your school, whatever institution, um, more likely mean you're going to be dismissed. And then there was the issue of Latinx. You and I have talked about that as Adora. Uh, <laughs> so we look up our editorial on this issue. So Latinx is a word. I don't know. I actually don't have the history of Latinx and how it's come about, but it's been used most a lot by activists. It's a gender neutral term to refer to Hispanics or Latinos, however you want to call them. And uh, you hear a lot of Democrats, including President Biden, refer to Latinos as Latinx. So there was a poll done by a Democratic polling firm based in Miami. And, and I want to make sure to emphasize that this was a Democratic firm, and I'll explain later, uh, that found that very few Latinos actually use the word or like this term. But somehow you keep seeing it in the media. I've, I see it in some of my streaming platforms, like Latinx Month. And I'm not going to lie, it bothers me because for me, being a person of a Latin you know, background, I'm Brazilian, I'm not Hispanic, but language is such an important part of, of your identity, right? And the Latinx term is, is an anglicized term, and it takes away the Spanish language for a lot of people, in my case, Portuguese, and it really upsets me. <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote an editorial for the editorial board. But now going back to why this Democratic firm did this polling, it's, you know, it's, it really is a message to Democrats to stop doing identity politics. Stop using this term. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. Actually, people are turned off by it. It's okay to call somebody Hispanic. And I think we should be respectful to how people want to be referred to. If somebody wants to be called Latinx, just like with gender pronouns, we should. It's basic decency, right, to respect somebody's will. But I think this is what DeSantis is talking about when he's talking about woke culture, something that gets imposed on people. And if you're against it, then you're wrong, then you are, you know, you're anti this or you're anti that. So, you know, and then I think this polling shows why he resonates with people. But I also think that there's a, um, to a certain extent, an age difference here where people who are younger tend to think that being woke is yeah. fine and where people older perhaps don't or, or, or they also are more likely not to know what the word actually means. That's what that poll actually told us. Um, it had bo both of those were part of its findings. So, um, you know, the, the Latin X issue, I think, um, was, as you said, a lot on, on social media um, and that sort of thing. And I, I think woke also, it's a lot there that we're seeing this sort of, you know, the fomenting of the of the arguments happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's ta you talk about imposing things on people. I'm still wondering where the term, and I see it a lot as I edit, pregnant people. Does yeah. anyone know where that came from? I haven't tracked it. NPR <laughs> uses that a lot, and it, I, I heard it. Yes, I also and I'm in my car, and I always kind of I'm always a little shocked to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not something we're used to. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm wondering if that, too, is a a gender-driven yeah. uh, uh, phrase. And it is. You know, there are people who are born females who might not identify as female who can get pregnant. But also, that's part of me understands that. Part of me also says the vast majority of people who get pregnant are women and identify as such. How do you strike that balance? You know, um, that's why you see people like the author of Harry Potter coming out against trans people and saying very silly things and very transphobic things on social media. Right. You know, um, but I think we have to go back to another point, which is 
Why is government inserting itself in a cultural conversation as DeSantis and the Florida legislature are doing? Uh, my take is that culture is ever evolving and people will always get upset about some changes. Look at the 60s and the sexual revolution. There were people of previous generations who thought that was the end of America, but we did just fine, right? So I want to ask you guys, how do you feel about it? Is it the government's job to be inserting itself in this conversation? I guess my question is, where was the problem? I think if they had better articulated the problem, a number of which we have dealt with here, people feeling unheard, people feeling canceled, people having this little sense of, eh, things are really different, but I can't quite put my finger on it. But it's much easier to scream and yell and to tell people you are really, really upset, aren't you? Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> but I'm not quite sure where government, sh you know, we look to government to solve some of these problems. That's why we have an EEOC. That's why we have had affirmative action policies. That's why we have a Civil Rights Act, you know. Um, but I don't look to government to foment you know, anger, discontent yeah. and anger. Yeah, and I think that, as I've said before, I believe that there's a lot of this that is um, just being inflated into something much bigger than it really is. For example, as we've said before, you don't see the government interfering when adults take underage kids to R-rated movies. Yep. And yet you see them interfering when they're taking kids to a drag show that may or may not have something inappropriate in it um, for, that, for, for that child's age. I, you know, I having been, you know, covered politics and edited politics for many years, you know, to me, this is this is a, a pure political play. And it's it's cynical, because what it does is it divides people and it and it and it generates controversy. Um, at the same time, the government is not solving some of our biggest problems and not even really trying, you know, two special sessions, and we still don't have any real answer on um, home insurance in this state. Uh, you know, that to me is just, it's such an abdication of the responsibility. And yet they are finding plenty of time <laughs> to do all these other things that probably really aren't big problems, maybe are tiny problems for a few people, or maybe they are larger, but they still aren't tackling the big and tough things. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so then with the possibility, with the possibility of a special session to come back and approve open carry. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bizarre, you know, so much time is devoted to gender pronouns in schools, uh, transgender people using bathrooms, and we have historic learning losses because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Why isn't the legislature having committees and hearings, workshops to talk about this issue? It gets so much attention, gets devoted to books, to banning, you know, Toni Morrison and... You know, I'm not a parent, but I don't think that would be my primary concern with my child, whether somebody's using the, the right or the wrong gender pronoun, you know. And but again, it's it's the age we live in. It's the, this fast social media driven environment where really what sells is outrage, unfortunately. Right. And that's something that Donald Trump taught us. Yeah. And that Ron DeSantis is taking to the 2.0 level. Yeah. And I think we're probably going to have to leave it there. Thank you guys for, for uh, being here with us today. You'll find more episodes of Woke Wars at MiamiHerald.com slash Woke Wars. Also, please consider subscribing to The Herald at MiamiHerald.com slash subscribe. Thanks to WLRN Studios. Our engineer was Peter Meritz. Our videographer was Jose Iglesias. See you next time.